0: All right, welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs podcast. We're on season three, episode number 19. 19. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today's March 20, 2022. It's the first day of spring. We're in March Madness, Andy. We've got Major League Baseball on full throttle, basketball on full throttle, and we're wrapping up state high school March Madness in one more weekend. It's it's almost too much to just deal with.
1: Yeah, football's even throwing in their bits for free agency trades here or free agency signings, um, hockey and basketball pros kind of getting ready for their end-of-season push.
0: It's a lot yeah, to keep track it. of. But thankfully, Andy, there's shows like this that can just sit right. down to a very easy, digestible format for those to listen to and get cut off.
1: Cut off all the fat and we get right to the meat.
0: Turn the fat off, you get a good show that's very succinct and goes right to the point. We've got music, concerts. Album of the week, trivia question, and um, hey, should I start with the trivia, Andy?
1: Yes, go right ahead. I'm just gonna put my little logo up here now. Question
0: relates to college women's basketball. All right, Division One. Um, relates to scoring. Okay. The Caitlin Clark, sophomore for the Iowa Hawkeyes, a number two seed in the NCAA bracket, leads the scoring. Leads the nation in scoring and assists, Andy. I don't think that's ever been done,
1: men or women. No,
0: men or women. You usually have two completely different sets of skill sets. People to lead the league in assists in scoring, but Caitlin Clark, the phenomenal sophomore, uh, leads the team, leads the league, the country. Sorry, the country in Division One for points scored and assists. The question for this week's trivia is: Who leads the nation? And field goal percentage for women's college basketball at the D1 level. Free, field goal percentage, not free throw.
1: Free field goal.
0: Shooting percentage in the nation who leads. Wait. Which is weird,
1: you'd say it'd be Caitlin and Clark leading. It's like I know for the men, I think the leading scorer, he's from some small school who was a 16 seed in the tournament, you know. And the assist guy would be from a small school. It, it's very rarely it's a big name school that does it, so that's pretty great too. That's
0: right, that's right, yep. So that's the question this time. We'll get to it at the end of the segment before we get into the album review. But the question is yeah. who leads the current nation? Who leads the nation in field goal percentage? Go ahead, Andy. Let's get caught up with a little high. School. Uh,
1: high school girls basketball. First of all, like we said, we're kind of humping up A girls A all year. Mountain Iron Bowls, the one seed, Mayor Lutheran, two seed. Mountain Iron was crushing everybody. Mountain Iron lost on the first day in overtime.
0: Well, they were and, uh, number one ranked team as well, right? Yeah.
1: They were the one seed they lost. Mayor Lutheran lost in the second round, so we never got a 1-2 matchup in that. Mayor Lutheran yeah. did take third. Mount Iron got fifth. Champions in 1A were Hancock. over And is the team who beat Mount Iron, and Hancock's the team who beat Mayor Lutheran, so we kind of had that matchup. Mm-hmm. Not really. Wow. 2A, Fergus Falls loses to Providence. Very tight game to the end there. That was a very good game to watch. Hmm. 3A. Tina Grace over Becker. And the big schools, Hopkins over St. Michael and Albertville. The boys are all set now. Here we go with their matchups. Class A on the left side. You got Hayfield as the one seed going up against Russell Taylor Rothden. And you got the 5-4 below that. Cherry High against Nevis. Right side of your bracket, Sleepy Eye, St. Mary's High School against number two seed, Belgrade. Then you got Sacred Heart against the number three seed, New Life Academy of Woodbury. 2A, Glencoe Silver Lake. <sighs> they are the Sacrificial Lamb against Minneapolis North in the first game. Uh, hmm. Morris Area against Miahaha, the 5-4. Right side of the bracket, Perm against Caledonia. Pequot Lakes against the three seed, Annandale. 3A, Hermantown against Tatino Grace, the one seed. Mound West, Tonkin, Mankato East, the 5-4. Right side of the bracket's Austin High School against Princeton. And then St. Cloud's Tech against De La Salle, the 3-seed. And 4A is Andover and Park Center. Ian Prairie, Eastview on your left side, right side. Creighton-Durham against Owatonna. Moorhead against YZ. They all start middle of the week, the boys' tournament.
0: And this is the last of the uh, state high school tournaments. is, is Of, of the major
1: tournaments, yep. The major tournaments of basketball.
0: You know, this, this rounds uh, out basically the winter season for all kinds and purposes. Then we're going to get into baseball and
1: softball. High school baseball. Games all start March 31st. So, like you said, after this weekend, boom, we hit baseball. So, life is good. March Madness, we're not going to get too much into it, uh, as we talked about in the uh, – Production meeting before the show. We're going to do a special episode Tuesday night just to get all the Sweet 16 games in. We're recording this on Sunday night. Some games are still being played. The gals have some games on Monday, so Tuesday we'll give you our Sweet 16 review. But just a little spoiler on that. For the for the people who saw the uh, women's bracket show that we did, live reaction, I said – Four number two seeds looked good. That was my final four. I lost two of them today. Creighton over Iowa. And South Dakota over Baylor. Now, you may say, oh, yeah, but upsets happen all the time. But in the women's game, it's a little different. In each section, each four-team bracket, the highest seed is the host team. So Iowa lost at home to a 10 seed. Baylor lost at home to a 10 seed. So – that just shows you how the women's game is becoming more competitive. It's not a – it's always going to be one against four, two against three in the Sweet 16 every year. is getting better in the women's game. Um, is it big enough to start having these games at neutral sites? Maybe. I don't know because the other teams that play besides the host team, it's kind of a tough dr- time to get a draw in there. Maybe they can do their better job on making it all regional form. I don't know. But right here, no slam dunk for the gals. Two of the two we'll, seeds are out.
0: We'll um we'll cover it, you know, more on on the midweek show, Andy. But this Creighton team, yeah, has three, uh, three, three players in the team from Minnesota. Three Minnesota players, all sophomores, all yep. were up for Miss Basketball Minnesota a couple of years ago. Didn't win, but they're all nominees. All landed in one team. So Creighton's well, well, got a lot of, lot of Minnesota connections there. Very very fun to watch. That's a good group.
1: And the one gallon on ESPN here, her pick, she did have Creighton over Iowa as this game was going on. And also, I don't want to say anything bad. Like I said, we've lost two two two-seeds already. Third two-seeds playing tonight at UConn, so as of now, we've only lost two. Hockey, NCAA hockey's got their brackets announced today. Michigan, the number one seed against American International. Quinnipiac against St. Cloud State on one side. Uh, Lower left, Denver the four seed against UMass Lowell, Minnesota Duluth, Michigan Tech. Right side, the number three, Western Michigan, Northeastern, and Minnesota and Massachusetts. Bottom right bracket is Minnesota State, the two seed against Harvard, and North Dakota against Notre Dame. Now, for those of you watching and looking at this, or you'll see it later on social media, we got it on the Facebook page, the final four could be all four Minnesota teams. Ah. In that one section, Minnesota in the other, Minnesota State, Minnesota Duluth. Interesting. And all final – and the sad thing about it is this year the final four is in, in Massachusetts. If it would have been at the X and it was all four Minnesota teams, it would have been nuts down there. <laughs> you know, it would be crazy for crowds and everything else. But let's hope we get a Minnesota sweep for the final four. I know that means Minnesota State has to win a couple of games, but – one of the ones would be against North Dakota or Notre Dame, so that'd be good. Women's hockey had their championship today at Ohio State over Minnesota Duluth 3-2. Mm-hmm. The only stat I really want to show from that game was the shots on goal. Ohio State outshot Duluth by 20, yet only outscored them by one. So hats off to the Bulldog goaltending there for stopping 36 shots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That second period, 20 to 5 in shots, but... Again, good tournament, good all-around. Congrats to Ohio State, as much as that hurts to say. College wrestling, I'm not going to go through the individuals because, like we say, wrestling and track and swimming is just kind of a bugger. Let's go through the team ones. I went through 11 because I went down to Minnesota because I'm a homer, so there. But this shows you the big difference between 1 and 11 on points. Penn State is your national champions again, 131.5 points. Minnesota was 11th with 48. Uh, Big Ten did well. Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, top three. Nebraska fifth. So we held our own as a conference. Here's one picture I want to just put out. I respect the picture. I get it. Gable Stevens of the Gophers, his last match. Tradition is you take your shoes off and leave them in the middle of the mat when you're retired or done. He was a senior. He's done. Here's my issue with it. Because he's one of those guys who's getting paid by pros already. This was a pure photo op for WWE. Guaranteed. Not saying he wouldn't have done it without this. But it, and you're just going to see WWE put this picture all over. Unless they're listening, then they won't just to prove me wrong. But they will. Oh, look at this great college career. Blah, blah, blah. It's all for storylines. all for pain. Yeah. Not saying he wouldn't have done this. But as he did it. He went and got his check in the locker room afterwards, guaranteed. Because college athletes to don't get paid. He's got a lot of nice new tattoos all of a sudden. Go for baseball. 515 on the year so far, not doing very well. I got swept by Creighton at Creighton in Omaha, Nebraska. Then they got Western Illinois. Western Illinois' record on the year, though, is 2-16 and 16 overall. So hopefully the Gophers can get back on track here. Um, like any sport, though, Gophers aren't doing well. Western Illinois aren't doing well. That's as good a matchup as watching if they were 15-5 and 16-2, and and in my opinion. they they got similar records. They're going to be fun to
0: watch. That uh, Creighton location also is the uh, site of the college annual College World Series. It's a great yep. facility, great atmosphere to go there. So I know the Gophers got lost, but it's still a good uh, experience to play at that, at that location.
1: Well, if you look at the three scores, they lost four to five, 7 to 14 lost by a touchdown in that second game, and then two to four. So two of the three games that are in it. You know. Um, then these next three will be at US Bank. I think after that, they when they open the Big Ten, they'll be uh, at home. But these preseason games are at the bank. Gales softball, they're ready to start the Big Ten season It's Rutgers. We're 13 and 11 and 1. Rutgers is 21 and 10. They're a very good team. So that's gonna be tough. They're at Rutgers. But our softball team will be competitive all year. I don't know if they'll make the tournament, but they'll be competitive and fun to watch. Bison baseball. 12 and 8. They got three coming up here. Starting Summit League again or at Northern Colorado. Coming up this week. And all these games, you just go to you know, for the gophers, it's gophersports.com, bison, gobison.com. You other sites, and a lot of times they have live stats. They'll have buttons on there. You can click to listen to the game or watch it. So feel free to do that. Softball team at South Dakota opening the Summit League. Bison softball 18 and 13 right now. Beaver baseball. Not so good. Um, not doing well at all. Did not get an update on today's game against Concordia St. Saint, Saint Paul. But uh, 3 and 13 going into today. They're uh, playing in the conference, the NSIC. They uh, yeah, Minnesota State coming up and at Augustana. So it could be a long season for Beeves up there. Softball team in the same boat, 3 and 16. They open their season Tuesday at Crookston. All right, here we go. I don't have a lot – there are so many Twins notes, that I'm, I can flip a lot of pictures on these, just a couple of fun things I saw on it. We now have the number one and number two pick from the 2012 NBL, MLB draft.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Carlos Carrera, he was the number one pick. Buxton was two. We now have the one and two picks from the draft 10 years ago. I was not big enough signing Buxton, extending it. I just – he's so injury-prone. I don't like it, da-da-da. I really thought they were going to get Trevor Story this week, and they didn't. He went to Boston. But we got that we got Carlos Carrera, who I think is going to take a lot of pressure off Buxton. I think Buxton tried to give 110%, which you want, but he tried too hard. He did good numbers, but he was trying to hit nine-run home runs and, in a game. He, you, you couldn't do it. He's got some of the weight off his shoulders now. Might see a better pick, but one and two draft picks on the same team.
0: Ten and- years later, but.
1: That's still kind of cool to see.
0: And years ago, I read an article that Royce Lewis from the Twins was a big fan of Carlos Correa going up and got a chance to meet him at an Angels when the Angels played them. And his dad pulled some strings to be able to meet Carlos Correa after the game. Oh, wow. And Royce Lewis met him, and he was coming up as a high schooler, was very good. And Carlos told him, just keep, keep working hard really practicing, doing the best you can, and you have a chance to be the number one overall pick in your draft. And Royce Lewis was that year. He was the number yep. one overall pick in all of baseball that year. So he will be in the dugout here for these spring games, working out with his idol, his yep. mentor, in the very mm-hmm. same dugout. And so I think that's another reason they got Correa for a veteran leadership, a lot of postseason games. Yep, a lot of experience and a clubhouse uh, veteran, too. Very talented guy as a shortstop and, you know, a power hitter as and, well. So.
1: And nothing against our management, but he just got that a managed down there. You know, Dusty Baker down there. Other great managers have been there, other great players. So he's had a chance to pick their brains. Hopefully he can bring some of that knowledge up here.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Number one
1: and two. Cool. And also, there they are. They'll be in the same division now. Uh, the pitcher there for the Dodgers kind of made fun of Carrero and he struck him out. That's right. He got That's signed what, by who's, the White Sox. So was that Dallas Joe Kelly? One. Yep. So going will okay. be fun games to watch this year if that happens. And I don't have a picture of it, but here's the funny thing too is the Twins, when they traded you – know, last week we mentioned how they, did, they signed that shortstop and they traded him the next day with Josh Donaldson. But funny, during the season last year, Josh Donaldson was saying how he had a book on how Garrett Cole was doctoring the ball and cheating on pitching.
0: His spin rate.
1: Yes. Now they're now they're teammates. They say they've put it behind them, but we'll see.
0: That'll be that'll be interesting because Donaldson went went after a bunch of players, but he focused on Garrett Cole. He he yeah, went he after him. him.
1: Yep, that's one guy he threw a name out and now they're teammates. Oh. Karma baby. karma
0: interesting to watch these sub these subplots play out.
1: Yeah. The Mets after speaking with pastor this week at church, we we're talking about stuff with the strike being over and he brought up a good point. He goes, I want to know your opinion, Andy. And I says, yes, pastor. He goes with this new bargaining agreement. He goes, what the Mets have got and the Yankees and these other teams he goes, that's bad for baseball. I said, Oh yeah, I admit what the Mets have done salary wise is bad for baseball, but I want to ride this. I want to ride this boat all the way home too. Yeah. You know? So I got kind of, kind of stuck in the middle. I don't like it when teams cut checks to do this. My team has it. I kind of want to watch it this one time because I don't think it's going to last. I like Scherzer, but he's 38. It's now. We have to do it now. Um, DeGrom's coming off. DeGrom, I uh, excited to be with the team, saying all the right things. The third three-year-old is set to make 33 and this year. We'll make 30 and a half next year and we'll exercise to opt out once the 2022 season concludes. So if we can't re-sign him cause you've just dumped a boatload in the Scherzer who's 38 years old. We are, we are playing for now right now as a Mets fan. So a couple other major league baseball things. One stat I saw come up, I thought was pretty interesting. All-time major league leaders in shutouts. Walter Johnson with 110. Then you see the whole list on there. Um, Most of the listeners probably know these names. The kids don't. Jim Palmer with 53. Nolan Ryan, 61. Tom Seaver, 61. Cy Young, 76. um, Don Drysdale, 49. The reason I bring this up is you don't see these numbers anymore. No one goes past six innings. So some of these guys on here, this top 20 list, pretty sure is a safe no one's changing on this list for a long time. Ever. Yep. Unless it, they change baseball and guys start throwing again. Also, I saw a thing, Sports Illustrated anniversary cover of Peter Uberoth reinstating Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. And I got to think to myself, what could Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays do that was so bad? They were such good players. Well, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle both retired and were both in no way involved in baseball anymore, were banned in '83, respectively, after they were hired by casinos in Atlantic City, New Jersey, as greeters and autograph signers. They did that. Baseball suspended them. Uberoth comes in and says, that had to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You guys are reinstated. Because it was at a gambling casino, that's why they were suspended. Baseball is like Gambling. But they weren't gambling, they were retired out of baseball working there. Shaking hands, shaking hands, kissing babies, and signing books and balls and gloves and shirts. And yeah, so that was back mid-80s, folks, and we still deal with stuff like that today. So that's just saying yeah. Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle don't do any wrong. Now, so while we'll touch on a couple things here. They're setting third in their division, the way the playoffs go. Top three kind of have a little better say in each division. Uh, they have the tiebreaker right now because of uh, win-loss. They got two less games played than Nashville, so winning percentage-wise. But the Wildy stay top three, they're a point out of second, so hopefully they could kind of do well. They've been rallying lately. and They've had a lot of road games the last few weeks because of the state hockey tournaments at the X. So they got a bunch of home games coming up. Hopefully they can get back better and get the track going. Timberwolves. They're in the playoffs. Top 10 make it. 7, 10, 8, 9 play chart like looking play-in games. Excuse me. And they got like a month to go. They got to get above that line. They were a couple weeks ago. They got half game behind Denver. You got to get in that top six. So you don't have that play-in game because you never know. You don't want to be in that. One and done situation. You want to be in there to have a series. So, and right now, if they were the six, they'd play the three, they'd play Golden State, which is again, uh, no no treat. But Steph Curry is out with a leg injury right now, ankle injury. So, time is right. The picking time for the picking is right. go to the music section, just here's an old picture of Ozzy Osbourne and John Lennon together back in 1968.
0: Oh. That's
1: awesome. That's a good one, classics. Well, they are. i to the second annual Minneapolis-St. Paul Trib Fest. we so on these bands here,
0: Dan, and see how many you know. Okay, Dust so these are all they're all tribute bands, and they're doing a Trib Fest. I like it. I've yeah. never heard of it.
1: Okay, Dustin Bones. Who are they a tribute band for? Do you know?
0: Guns and Roses.
1: Very good. Kiss and Time. Who do you think that is? That's a tough one. That's Kiss. But this band, they. Focus on just the years 73 through 75.
0: Okay, so early.
1: Good stuff. Early old original Kiss stuff, yep. Wow. Cheap tricks is obviously a cheap trick. Gypsy Road, obviously Cinderella. How about Sir Psycho? Boy. It's named after a song, this band. Gypsy Road it was for Cinderella. Uh, boy, I don't know. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Well, Chili Peppers tribute band, that'd be kind of cool. So, lots of different genres of music there, too. I mean, they're all kind of the hard rock, cheap trick, early hard rock. Interesting. Uh, May 14th, Minnesota Music Cafe, all five bands. That day in St. Paul. Top four albums right now, or rock songs, I should say, in our genre. Planet Zero, Down, number one. Black Summer by, like we said before, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Last week was number three, up to number two. So-called life by Three Days Grace drops to three, and Love Dies Young by Foo Fighters. Ghost has a new old that we've mentioned them before. I'm kind of getting in them more and more. Here's where they are doing well all over the world. The number one in Germany. Uh, these are all highest ever been in these countries, except for Sweden and Norway. Uh, number one in Germany and Sweden, two in the U.K., Netherlands, Belgium, Norway. Number three in Australia, five in France and Ireland. And number two in Italy. Much like our ratings in these countries, that's
0: yes, very similar.
1: Very similar. And the Scorpions' new album—they're doing well all over the world. They're there in different countries. Number one in four different countries, twos, threes. So Scorpions are still knocking it out of the park. Great album. And that, sir, brings me to John Clayton.
0: It's hard to find an um, expert more dedicated than John Clayton. He's the consummate pro.
1: John Clayton was Sports Center announcer, did a lot of uh, baseball stuff in Seattle at the end. This was my favorite ad of John Clayton from when he was at Sports Center. And just a little bit, I'll tell you about this after the ad. Just here it is.
0: It's hard to find an expert more dedicated than John Clayton. He's the consummate pro. We'll see how the four, three, and number three work together. John Clayton with the link. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Uh-huh. Whenever you need a brilliant insight, he's
1: available at the drop of a hat. now, i bring that up. It's hard to find it. Out. It's, it's kind of cool hard to, to say... He was as the uh. We'll the there we go. John Clayton really was a Slayer fan. He had seen them in concert. he was a big fan of them. So that's kind of cool to see that thrown in there, too. As a little tribute to his favorite band, Slayer. For a new segment, three words you never want to hear me say. I was thinking, uh oh, I was thinking the other day um, about discipline in sports. You see a lot of schools how they self sanction themselves in college. Oh, we did wrong. We're going to take away some, some scholarships and we won't play in the tournaments or this bowl game or something. Okay. So I was thinking, why can't high school teams do this? You know, like new Prague or going to talk. Other teams have their issues going on right now. do if they say, Hey, you know what? We just won't be in the tournaments next year or because these high school kids don't get it. You can't take away scholarships. Can you Providence Academy wink? Um, you can't do that, but how about these high school kids? Okay, you can't be in the tournament, sorry. And also, maybe make them, for without making it like criminals, but have them work like a soup kitchen. Have all the proceeds from the home game go to a charity in town instead of to the school's team. Yes, you're taking away from that team, but you know what? You did wrong. You shouldn't be able to still reap your benefits because you let high school kids go away doing this. Guess what? They go to colleges and do this. So... Just thinking, I was thinking, if there's a way you could self-sancture, or self-discipline a high school team when they do something stupid and wrong. Which leads to the soapbox. Everybody's favorite segment. Yes. Dolly Parton issued a statement regarding her to be withdrawing her nomination from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Parton shared on social media, even though I am extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I've earned that right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me. So I must respectfully bow out. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation Director of Communications, Shauna Wilson, Wilson, told Ultimate Classic Rock that Parton's nomination won't be withdrawn, saying, in part, from its conception, rock and roll has always had its deep roots in rhythm and blues and country music. It's not defined by any one genre. Rather, the sounds and moves of youth culture. Probably Parton's music Blah, 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 blah. You know what? Dolly asked to be, not take, to be taken out. Take her out. Because this has happened before when Ozzy Osbourne in 1999, Black Sabbath received their third consecutive nomination. And uh, Ozzy said, just don't. Take our names off the list. Save the ink. Forget about us. The nomination is meaningless because it's not voted on by the fans. It's voted on by the supposed elite in the industry and the media who never bought an album or concert ticket in their lives. So their vote is totally irrelevant to me. I think Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons kind of said the similar words for years with kiss.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why kiss was one of the few bands when they were inducted, they were there and they didn't play. A lot of times when the band's inducted, they give their little speech and they go do a couple three songs. Kiss never did. So.
0: Like, I just- I like Dolly's- Dolly Parton's statement on that. Yep. Um, I respect
1: it so. Yeah, and it's not like you're putting someone like Taylor Swift in who's still active. I mean, Dolly's active, but Dolly is so respected in the music industry. You all look like a jerk and say, "No, we're still putting you in." Okay, great. I locked her in. She won't go. And now, how dumb do you look? You know, and then that's the part that bothers me with is these people. And they say, "Hey, we don't want to. We don't want in." Save save your time. Let someone else more deserving go instead of me. Um, and then you say no, really? <laughs> could you maybe just not put her in? Not nominate her?
0: Uh, respect her wishes. Respect her,
1: that's what I was going to say. Respect her wishes and just say thanks, Dolly. Could we just at least mention your name that you we all look up to you? And sure, whatever. No, I'm not coming because what she could have in common there with. I had out Chili Peppers and Judas Priest and Dolly Parton. They're all going to collaborate on a song at the end. Yes, that's it. Judas Priest can play in the background. She'll sing Jolene. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know? So um, just let Dolly be Dolly. She's not trying to get political on it. She's not raising a point. She's not putting down anyone's music. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bluegrass and country is influencing rock and roll. I've said that to a blue in the face. But there are a lot of country artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's why there's the Country Music Hall of Fame. Let Dolly stay there and be happy and go on with it. Don't try to – let's put a country person in there just to get the ratings or the viewers or the, whatever we need. No. I don't know a lot of Dolly Parton fans. They're going to say, let's go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so we can see the one plaque in there of the country artist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? <laughs> now, you've been to the Hall of Fame Museum. Is there a country music wing? I don't believe so. So, I mean, if they had a wing and they are put one on, great. Start with her. But you're not. You, it's, you have it all as rock and roll. So don't put her in. But that's, that's my two cents on that one. Um, God bless Dolly for speaking up because I think she'd be embarrassed if she was there.
0: I think so. Very awkward. It's not
1: her scene, you know. It's not my scene, man. But uh, one other thing I didn't have on there ZZ Top is working on a new album. It's basically a greatest hits album. Um, they've been doing the guitar tech they have is filling in since Billy Gibbons passed last year. So, kind of something to do on tour. They're on a tour now. It's going to be kind of basically a live album, greatest hits. So, new from ZZ Top coming out soon. Hmm. They're on a tour, no Minnesota or local dates for that. But it's a leg one, they say. So, you never know. Interesting. It's gonna be. That's what I got, sir. What you got for?
0: uh, I got trivia. Trivia question first, and then I got an album review. And I think that's it. But uh, the trivia question was uh, very, very rare. In fact, I think it's never been done. Like, like we we think that it's the case in college women's basketball, or or men's for that matter. Caitlin Clark from Ohio, uh, Iowa Hawkeyes led the league this year in scoring and assists, both not in the top five, not in the top 10, but led was the leader in the nation in both categories. The question is, who led the nation in field goal percentage at the D1 level for women's? Do you have any suggestions or ideas, Andy? Wow,
1: you know, but well, you'll try to catch names. You know, that's how you gave me the question a couple of days ago. So I was kind of watching the girls' games, watching, one okay, who's got it? Who's got this great shot and this and that? And and I got nothing. I'm looking around, maybe hoping they would drop the answer. And
0: yeah, I, I would think it would be you know you know a veteran, uh, someone who's been around a while. Well, the answer, Junior, senior, yep. is Monica Sinano. Iowa Hawkeyes also, and now a senior. She'll be coming back for her fifth year next year, but she's a senior now, she plays down in the paint, hardly misses a shot, has a very good percentage from a field goal standpoint. She leads the nation. So the Iowa Hawkeyes team have two players that lead three categories in the nation. That is just uh, unbelievable. Now, Caitlin Clark, we know, shoots from the outside, puts up a lot of points, misses a lot, but also makes a lot. Uh, Sano, from the Watertown, Minnesota, played the yeah. Watertown mayor, and leads the nation. That is unbelievable. She's got uh, it puts up puts up a lot of points in the paint. Does not miss a lot. But that's the answer this week. So it's got a local connection, Iowa Hawkeyes connection, and a uh, NCAA women's basketball March Madness connection.
1: All those fun things.
0: All those fun things. All right, here we go. We cover all that on Tuesday, our We'll cover that seven. on Tuesday. Uh, that, that will also be in there because uh, it, uh, there's a connection to that. your uh, Album of the Week, sir. The Album of the Week is Flirting with Disaster. Flirting with Disaster by our friends at Molly Hatchett. Yes. Yeah. Molly Hatchett. Flirting with Disaster is the second studio album by American Southern Rock Band. Let's repeat that. American Southern Rock Band. Molly okay, Hatchet. I'll give you that released in 1979. The album was reissued in 2001 with four bonus tracks. This is their best-selling album. It went double platinum and the cover is a painting by Frank Frazetta entitled Dark Kingdom. Now, Frank Frazetta has done three album cover artworks for Molly Hatchet. Now, he you know, recently died. He's no longer with, with us, but very good cover album. Even did a recent one I think 2006 or 2008 by Wolf Mother, uh, very talented artist and did some of these real cool. You know, uh, Iron Maiden always had uh, good artwork, uh, but this is this is very good as well. Now the track listing here for "Flirting with Disaster," Whiskey Man, song one. It's all over now. That is the. It's a Valentino's cover song. It's all over now. Yeah. The, uh, the Rolling Stones have done that. Many bands have done that, but they have a they take a have a good take on that song as a cover. Song three is One Man's Pleasure. Song four, Juke City. Song five, Boogie No More. Side. Song number six, Flirting with Disaster. Next one is Good Rockin'. Next song is Gunsmoke. That was released as a B-side with the "Flirting with Disaster solo that came out in 1979. last two songs are Long Time and Let the Good Times Roll. Now, this was released, uh, a studio they used was BJ Recording Studios in Orlando and also the Record Plant Studios in LA. It's considered southern rock or hard rock, 38 minutes long, released on Epic. Now, very interesting. Here's the band, Personnel. Danny Joe Brown vocals. He died, uh, you know, was on the first, I think, three or four albums. Very good, well-known vocals. You'd know the uh, the raspy voice of him. Very good vocalist. On guitar, they had three. This is a six-man group. Dave Lubeck, lead guitar, co-founder of the group. Steve Holland, also on guitar. Dwayne Rowland, guitar. Banner Thomas on the bass and Bruce Crump on drums. So this was a six-man group, six-man group, three guitarists, and they had good Southern. Now, the reason they were so popular, Andy, and I didn't know this, but it was after the Leonard Skinner uh, plane went down and the band was killed for Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner was the true definition of Southern rock. Right. That went away. There was a void, a void to be filled Molly Hatchet was coming up through the ranks. They had been around for a while, but they put together, they're based out of Jacksonville, Florida, but they've got a Southern rock feel to them. They took off here in the aftermath really of Leonard Skinner and kind of filled that void for many years. There's, but all the members of the band, there's no one living of the original group all have died.
1: Yeah. Skinner, uh, and I can say this, uh, my older brother, was a big molly hatchet guy so as was a young young child i was i happened to overhear molly hatchet coming from his room quite a bit or in his car when i had to ride with him so it was, i was subjected to their music early on and southern rock i guess would be a good sound a good name for him i guess um because they had a little different like you said they had that leonard Skinner vibe to him feel to him you know they, they were very good
0: yeah, they came out with their album, their debut in 1978. So if your brother would have had these albums, 78, 79, and then 80, their next album was Beating the Odds. They had three released right away. Uh, they went double double platinum, but they took the, that part of the country took by storm, had very loyal fans.
1: Yes. Yeah. That'd be about right. Like 16, 17,
0: yeah. So yeah,
1: that'd be about right. I was influenced by them as a young child on my choice of music to listen to. Molly Hatchett I learned skinner
0: yeah yeah the, uh, the vocalist their lead vocal Danny Joe Brown very distinctive voice those who like the band would, would automatically recognize his voice he got into some medical complications he had diabetes he, he diabetes for, for years and then had some medical complications ended up moving back in with his mother after all this and like I said I think he recorded two or four albums and um then the complications got worse, ended up dying. And then shortly thereafter, the rest of the band uh, over the years. Uh, but they had some good stories, good stories. I believe that that Dave Lubeck was in the process of writing his autobiography when he died. And he was a big, big guy, big fella, but said that he had some stories. He was horrendously addicted to cocaine back in the days. And I'm sure had some very good stories to tell. I don't know if that el- that book ever came out or not do you know that
1: i do not know i don't
0: know if it ever got published or if it was left as a transcript but he was in the process of that and died a week later after another of the their guitarists died so none of them are still with us now but uh, there's probably some molly hatchet tribute bands i'm guessing Yep.
1: i won't be surprised maybe someone picked up that book and finished it autobiography biography type you know here's the start of it yeah
0: and the stories the stories there would have been unreal
1: oh yeah can i imagine
0: but well, that's 1979.
1: Yep, that, that's about when that, that was some good music then. You know, heavy metal wasn't here yet. So it was that rock and roll. Van Halen was getting going. Um, you know, stuff like that. Dio, Ozzy, Black Sabbath, that genre. Yeah. know, These
0: guys, too. The guitarists said that it very heavily influenced with the British invasion music, you know, the Jimi Hendrix, Clapton. Uh Jimmy Hendrix, uh, Beatles, Rolling Stones, all those guys yep. really were influential on this group. But that is all I've got for this week. Now, we're going to do a midweek show, cover the Sweet 16 predictions, and yep. from the final 16 for men's and women's, I'll do a little uh, roll-up on the WNIT and the men's NIT yep. this coming week. Jason, we'll I have
1: something coming out Thursday about pro wrestling, a little update on that stuff going um, on. Um, we did lat- this last week. I don't want to mention the not doing well. Scott Hall, former wrestler, former AWA guy, did pass away. Um, so, a lot of tributes for him all out there. The bad guy, they called him. And, uh, and Biggie Langston.
0: Life support. And they just pulled the plug. They pulled the plug. From. Family got there.
1: So, he has passed. And then uh, Biggie Langston uh, from Iowa. He had broken his neck a couple days beforehand. Um, he is at home now recovering. There's still the stories, you know, you don't know if medical stuff could ever get back into wrestling again. Yes. They said he could have a, be a full functioning adult. He'll be able to walk and move and this and that. But pro wrestling is a little different The moving around, the bouncing, the bumps and stuff. So we'll wait and see how his career goes. Um, he's doing very well with it. He's always a positive guy. So he's not sitting there, woe me. At least not on social media or the camera, you know, <laughs> but, sure. um, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if something happens where if he couldn't get back into the ring, I think he'd still be involved somehow just because his personality was so incredible. Uh, announcing, uh, doing work backstage, anything like that. He- he'll still be involved, I think, in the sport years to come. Makes sense.
0: All right, that's all we've got. Have a good week, everyone. We'll be back midweek. And the next week we'll be covering the finals of the state boys' high school tournament results. Yes. And uh, uh, more hockey, I'm sure. But have More hockey,
1: uh, pro baseball, getting ready to start. 18 days to opening day from today. Yes. So the official countdown will start next week when we're a little closer. But, yes, 18 awesome. days as of
0: today. I like it. Have a good week, everyone. Yeah.